welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. All right, today's topic seems pretty simple. Our daily bread. If you know anything about the New Testament, you know those were the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 6 as he sat down on the mountainside and he talked to disciples. He taught them how to pray. He said, pray then in this way. And he went on to tell what we commonly call the Lord's Prayer, which is really our way of praying taught to us by the Lord. Right in the middle of that prayer are three words, our daily bread. Now, that seems like a simple concept, and honestly, we're pretty good at this. We're pretty good about praying concerning our provisions and being cared for in this life. But I think you might find today's episode a little bit challenging, because what we're going to find out is that Jesus puts much more emphasis on things that are not related to our physical lives. And for some of us, this may be a big departure from the way our prayers are currently structured. Jesus is going to show us a better way and challenge us to restructure our prayers to be kingdom-centered. Now, before we read that prayer and get into those pieces, I want to make a bold statement. Not everyone will agree, but the longer I live, the clearer this becomes. As goes your prayer life, goes your life. For the Christian, everything about who we are is a real, tangible extension of of how we address God in prayer. Let me explain a little bit. We know that the Bible says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. You know that from Philippians chapter 4. If somebody is anxious, if they're worried, if they're distracted, they've already been told that prayer is the remedy for that. If you go to God in prayer, like you're entering into that great throne room, and you lay it all at his feet, and you leave with absolute trust in him, then you do not live with that kind of anxiety. So as goes my prayer life, laying my weights at the feet of God goes my life, living throughout the day without carrying those weights on my own. But if my prayer life is non-existent, or it's shallow, or I'm not giving it all to God and leaving without it, then what happens? I carry a whole bunch of stuff with me all day that God never intended me to. So as goes, especially in the morning, as goes your prayer life, however that's structured, whatever you tell God, however you connect with Him, that is the number one indicator for a Christian, maybe paralleled with Bible reading, they go hand in hand, as great indicators of the kind of life you're going to live that day. Another quick example might be in Ephesians 1 where it talks about praying that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened and you will know the will of God. If I open up my day praying for that, guess what I'm going to see throughout the day? If I ask beautiful questions about my eyes being open to the will of God, I will notice it everywhere. As goes my prayer life, goes my life. There's a pretty good chance that if someone gets throughout the day and they do not grow in the knowledge of God, and they are not enlightened by the presence of Jesus— that they did not start the day by praying for that. You see what I'm saying? As goes your prayer life, goes your life. It creates the momentum, it creates the mental focus, and it asks God for things that we're going to need if we're going to be successful. 
So as we zero in on Matthew chapter 6 today, I have a couple of questions for you. Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. Number one, is this prayer an accurate representation of your prayer life? Would you say that you pray in the way that Jesus taught to? So we'll take a look at that first. And then secondly, after this prayer is completed, are you living your life, carrying out the day, taking those prayers and making them real? You've set the table with the prayer. Now go out and live the life that follows it. So we'll talk about that just a little bit. Here is the Lord's Prayer. I'll read it for you. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now let's talk a bit about the structure of this prayer. I do not believe Jesus is saying, Disciples, recite these exact words every morning. Instead, he's laying out a principle for a prayer structure. First of all, it has an introduction and a conclusion. The introduction is the honoring of God. He starts out with, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we do that too. We don't always say that exact thing, but we start the prayer with that idea, Dear Heavenly Father, O Gracious Lord. And then at the end, there's a conclusion. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We say things like, In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Things that trigger a remembrance of his authority, his kingdom, and his power. But it's the middle portion that I want to draw your attention to today. In the middle of that intro and conclusion, there are four topics addressed. And here's my question. Are these four topics and the way that they're addressed consistent with your prayer life? Is this similar to the way that you pray? Let me explain. Number one in the body of this prayer, he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. That is three statements that represent one great idea. The rule of Jesus Christ in your life. It's a way of saying to God, I want your will to live on this earth in me. I live for the kingdom. How much time do you and I spend in prayer focused purely on this spiritual idea of lordship and living our life according to his will, to his honor? That's the first thing that Jesus talks about in the body of the prayer. Then he comes in and says, Give us this day our daily bread. And of course, this is the title of our podcast episode today. This is where we go in and we talk to God, making requests of God that he takes care of us, right? That he provides us health and safety and a home and work and income and all of the things that relate to the physical. So here's the question. How much time do you spend in prayer talking about physical provisions? Asking God to give you those things and maintain those things and multiply those things. What I need you to be impressed with is that while Jesus said, pray to God every day and ask Him to give you your daily provisions, it is a small portion of this prayer. In fact, by virtue of percentages, there are four main topics in the body of this prayer, and this is only one of them and only mentioned in a short phrase. We'll come back to that in a minute. He moves on rather quickly and says, And forgive us our debts, 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. So the first point was about the rule of God in our lives, then a quick statement about daily provisions. Now he's right back to spiritual things, about the mercies of God. I'm praying for the forgiveness and mercy of God in my life, and I'm praying for that same forgiveness and grace to be extended by me to others. As you know, Jesus spent a lot of time in his ministry talking about that. It's the spiritual walk of receiving and dispensing grace. And then after that, in the fourth section of the body of the prayer, he says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Near the end of this prayer, the focus is not on provisions. It's not about physical goods or freedom or safety or any of that in the physical in this life. It's about our battle against the devil. It's asking God to protect us against the spiritual warfare that we're fighting to guide us around and away from temptation, and to give us the power to defeat evil. Let me just ask you again, and now I think you're getting a clearer picture. I'm not going to ask you if you pray for your daily bread. We all do that. We do a lot of that. I'm going to ask you, have you been able to relegate that to only, let's say, 25% of your prayer? You're so entirely engrossed with talking to God about His kingdom about his mercy, and about his protection against the devil, that the request for daily bread just finds its way very quickly into the middle. Now, let me be clear about this. Am I saying you shouldn't pray for the safety of your kids and for your home and freedom and job? No, that's okay. Pray for that every day. Thank the Lord for that. Ask for his guiding hand. But what I think Jesus is trying to get us to see is it is easy to overemphasize physical things. And look, remember where I started this episode. As goes your prayer life, goes what? Your life. So if my prayer life is dominated by the physical, with just a few little spiritual comments here and there, guess what kind of life I'm going to live? You see how that's beginning to come clear? In the morning when I pray, I want to pray in this way, filling my communication with God with spiritual things that matter and just asking for the daily provisions to get me through. This reminds me of a story from the Old Testament. Maybe you remember it with the children of Israel. God told them that he would give them their daily bread. It was called manna. He wouldn't give them days and days worth of bread. He would just give them enough for the day. And he said, this was to do what? To test you. I want to make sure that you're not all about the bread. I want to make sure that you don't use all your time trying to build up the bread. So I tell you what, just pray for daily bread and I'll give you that. But he told them, he said, be careful. Don't go out and try to gather more than one day's worth of bread. But of course, that's what they did, and worms started growing in it. Then he told them, here's another test. On Friday, I'll give you two days worth bread, so I'll double up the bread. I want you to ration that. Go get your double portion so that you can eat it on Saturday and not have to go out and work. I want you to worship me on Saturday. I want to set aside one day a week that is totally spiritual, not even a little bit physical, totally spiritual dependency. Of course, if you know the story, you know what happened. A group of them went out on the Sabbath day just to see if there was a little extra so that they could get ahead. God was pretty displeased with that. And honestly, I'm kind of wondering if maybe he's been a bit displeased with me. It seems like my prayer life has been, give us this day our daily bread and double portions of daily bread and 
keep the bread coming, and I really need more of the bread with a little bit of spiritual this and that and asking for forgiveness woven in around it. That is not consistent with what Jesus taught, and it was not consistent with God's relationship with Israel. And look, if you know the rest of that story in the book of Numbers, you know that there came a point where God was just fed up with it. So he finally told them. He said, look, I tell you what I'll do. I'll put so much bread outside the camp and so many quail. You'll have a month's worth out there. If you want to do it your way, I will load it up. Forget this daily bread business. I'll give you enough for the whole season. You just go out and take whatever you'd like. Do you remember what that was about? They went out and did that, and while the food was still in their teeth, the meat that they had demanded of God, they wanted more. The manna wasn't enough. They wanted more. He gave it to them. And while they were eating it, a plague struck them, and they died. They buried those people there, and they called it graves of greediness. Look, I'm going to shoot straight with you here. I'm a little concerned about that in my life sometimes. Sometimes I think it's all about gathering more and getting more and having more, and I'm forgetting my mission. But here's what I figured out. If I trace a day of material focus back to the beginning of that day, there either was no prayer or a disproportionately material-based prayer. And look, Jesus goes on in Matthew 6 to talk about less emphasis on the physical. He warns us not to lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. And don't worry about your food or where you're going to lay your head. All I need you to do is trust me. You say, Jesus, what do you mean trust you? He said, go back to the prayer. Ask for your daily provisions, no more. You don't need any more than that. Every day is new and God will care for you. You pray about the Lord's kingdom. You pray about the Lord's mercy. You pray about the Lord's protection from the devil. And the rest of that's going to work out just fine. In fact, he says in Matthew 6.33, which we know very well, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Translation, go back and pray like I taught you to pray. So there are two questions for you today as we get to the end of this. The first one is, is this an accurate representation of your prayer life? If you're like me, you're probably saying, no, not really. Well, let's just do better. I mean, that's what this is about. It's about getting up in the morning, journaling or however you want to do it, getting ourselves set for growth. So try this today and tomorrow morning. Make the physical provisions take the back seat. Because look, even beautiful ones like the health and safety of your children are subject to this world and not guaranteed. I'm asking for them today. I know tomorrow I'll ask and God will provide it if he sees fit. But I have made a determination that the things that will always matter and can never be destroyed and dominate my faith, those are the things I'll be praying more for and above our daily bread. Now, let me say this as we get to the last minute or two. I told you there would be two questions today. The first one was, is this an accurate representation of your prayer life? We all can work on that. And secondly, after the prayers are concluded, are you going out and living consistent with that prayer structure? After you've closed your journal in the morning and you've written out your beautiful questions, spiritually focused and you've written out your level three gratitude, which sometimes will have to do with physical things, but is dominated by the spiritual things in Jesus. Once you close that journal and you get up and walk out the door, how do you live your life? 
Well, in part, it will happen naturally, and that's the good news of today's study. If you will structure your prayer life like Jesus did, you will begin to see your life fall in line. As goes your prayer life, goes your life. But there also has to be some very tangible decisions that you make. If you ever get a chance to study Matthew 6, this information I've given you about the prayers, where the daily bread is a part of it, but it's dominated by the things that matter most, is consistent with the rest of the entire chapter. You know it talks about not storing up for yourselves treasures that rust, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It talks about putting your eye on things that are light, not things that are darkness. It talks about how you cannot serve two masters, either God or what? Things, material things. And then it goes on to say, even your daily provisions, your food, your clothing, your housing. Seek first the kingdom. God will take care of the rest. So pray today. Pray for the things that will always matter. Pray for the rule of God. Pray for the mercy of God. Pray for the protection of God. Show Him that's what your life is about, and that is what you seek from Him most desperately. And then, yes, with hearts filled with faith and proper focus, every day go to the Lord and ask Him to give us this day our daily bread. Thank you so much for listening today. If you would like to support this program, go check out our new website, excelstillmore.life. You can subscribe to emails there. There are book recommendations, show notes, lots of great things. We'd love for you to check it out. And don't forget to share this program with your friends if you think it'll help them. And you can always follow along on the Facebook page. And please remember, whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.